What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head, but mostly role-playing games, because the wheel of time keeps rolling. How's it going, everybody? Uh, it is the day before Thanksgiving at time of recording, and I have a paid day off, and so what I've decided to do today is... Uh, I'm going to put out this episode, I'm going to bake some pumpkin pies, and I'm going to watch Wheel of Time, the first episode on Amazon Prime. As I've mentioned before, I am a huge fan of this series. I have read the entire series three times. I think there are 14 books, maybe there are 13. Each one is a thousand pages plus, so it is... It is a slog at some points, but I love this series. The first book, I Have the World, came out when I was 12. And and yeah, Robert Jordan's world has been with me ever since. And so I'm going to watch the new Amazon Prime series. I'm a little nervous. I know, I know they've made some pretty dramatic changes, but I'm going into it with an open mind. I'm hoping it's going to be cool. I realize that it's its own thing and yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. As long as it's a cool show, you know, if the show sucks and it's way different, that's going to be a huge bummer. But if the show is cool and it's different, I I can live with it because I still always do have the books. And yeah, for me, those books, that's, that's, that's my flavor. That's my fantasy flavor. And yeah, so I'm also, so I'll give a very spoiler-free review of the first episode of Wheel of Time, and I will also give a 100% spoiler-free review of part two of Masters of the Universe Revelations, which just came out on Netflix recently, and I watched that last night. So it's been a media-filled less than 24 hours for me, which is very unusual. Yeah, so... That's what the episode's going to be. I got some calls as well from Carl and Jason. But before that, let's get into Masters of the Universe. And again, this is a 1,000% spoiler-free review. If you found my review of the new Dune movie to be spoiler-free, this is the same ilk. Uh, So yeah, let's get into that. Then we'll get into some calls. Some calls? I think I was going to say questions, uh, but I meant calls. (laughs) So yeah. And then after that, we'll get into some Wheel of Time. I can't believe it's, I can't believe it's here. I really, I really, really can't believe it's here. So yeah, let's talk He-Man. Okay, so yeah, last night I watched part two of Masters of the Universe Revelations, the Kevin Smith show. Um... Jules and I did a joint review of the uh, part one whenever that came out. (laughs) It seems like it was seven years ago. Maybe it was a year ago. I don't know, but you can go check that out to see what I thought. I gave gave part one a five out of ten. It was perfectly fine. It was just meh. It was fine. Um, I give part two a seven out of (laughs) ten. A seven out of ten. But it gets at least... A half a point for just (laughs) 
just making all the crybabies that were complaining about part one just look like total jackasses. <laughs> that made me super happy. But yeah, seven out of ten. It was it was pretty good. I thought it was obviously I thought it was better than the first part. It there's more action in it. Tila is less annoying, so that's good. Uh yeah, it's grittier. They show blood, which is cool. People get people get jacked up. Yeah, bad things happen to people that don't get fixed. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. The whole thing is only five episodes long. Each episode is less than a half an hour. So I just banged it out. And, you know, it's it's I'd rather watch that than a bunch of the other like two and a half hour long movies that have come out over the past few years. I, I just thought it was it was fun. I had a really good time. There are some insanely terribly cheesy lines in it where it's just like, oh, come on, Kevin. <laughs> you you couldn't have had somebody go over that one more time. Um, Fisto is in it a lot, and he was always one of my favorite characters. I had his action figure. He's a big buff boy with a big metal fist. And it... it <laughs> It had to be intentional because while he was in it, he's a big, dumb idiot in the show, which makes me happy. There were so many fisting references. Like, it had to be intentional. They they talk about people getting fisted, people not deserving to be fisted. Just, it, it was excessive. It, it, it was excessive. It had to be intentional. Uh, but it, it made me chuckle for sure. I was just like, yep, how can you not? How can you not make fisting jokes? Um, so it was cool. There are a lot of very, very strong Abrahamic religion, Christianity messages in Kevin Smith's work a lot of times, and they are on full display. I talked about it some in part one, where, when I talked about preternia and subternia, how they're basically heaven and hell. They're just not called that, but that's what they are. Uh, and in part two, holy shit. Some of the stuff that Evil Lynn says, some of the stuff that Skeletor says are just such strong. Cool. <laughs> there is one God and you will love that God. And if there is no God, the world is just empty and devoid of all meaning and totally chaotic only God can provide meaning. There is a lot of that. It's sort of subtle, but not really. <laughs> if you've seen Kevin Smith's movie Dogma, uh, <laughs> you know where he stands on that kind of stuff. And that's cool, man. It's not super in your face, but it's definitely there. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But it, I recommend it. I, I thought it was great. I thought it just prove so many of the lame ass criticisms about part one wrong. Uh, everyone talking about, Oh, it's just a feminist propaganda and blah, blah, blah. That, that was stupid to begin with. And now it looks even more stupid. So yeah, that's why it gets a seven out of 10. It's a, a little better than meh, but it makes jerks look like jerks. So that's dope. <laughs> All right, let's get... Oh, no, I, I did have one question. I do have one question. So 
in part two, and I don't remember if it happened in part one, but in this new part of He-Man Revelations, they call Man-at-Arms Duncan a lot. His name is Duncan. Now, is has that always been Man-at-Arms' name? Was he always Duncan? Or is that like a Dune thing? I don't know, but I also don't remember Man-at-Arms' real name. So maybe it's been Duncan all along. But if you know, let me know. Because I, I, I can't remember. And when I heard it, I was like, Really? But maybe, it, you know, because I just read and then watched Dune. So maybe that was maybe that was it. Anyway, all right, let's let's get into the calls. Hey, Joe, listen, on the way to work. So I'm calling you as I go doing a Norton. As far as food goes, yeah, man, that jelly cranberry sauce is there with me for Thanksgiving. I'm a dark meat guy myself. Um, so the turkey, the stuffing. I mean, I like all the food, though. And I think it'd be a shame not to have any of it. You know, even like green bean casserole isn't my favorite, right? And I like sweet potatoes. Candy yams are okay. But, you know, I'll eat all of it. And and I think it'd be a, a shame to, to cut out anything out of that traditional meal. But that's just me. As far as monsters and podcasts about monsters in real life, I like Time Suck. Um, Dan, um, I forget his last name, is a comedian. But... And I haven't listened to it for a while, but he has a Night Stalker episode. So go look up Time Suck Night Stalker and listen to that episode. Crazy episode. Um, he, he brings humor to the podcast, but he talks about all that dark shit. It's pretty good. Right on, man. I will check out Time Suck for sure. Just, yeah, the Night Stalker stuff is crazy. How, just how many times they almost caught him. How bad Diane Feinstein just totally blew it blew it uh yeah anyway thanks dude and dark meat for sure i'm dark meat all day i love all the thanksgiving is for me the only time i'm all about like the traditional meal you know i i love like you i love every everything about it um i'm not there are going to be some items i won't have this year just because I didn't get around to it. It didn't come up and that's a bummer, but you know, I don't have the, my oven isn't very big. I can't bake that many things out of, especially once I get a Turkey in there. Shit. That reminds me. I need some parchment paper anyway. Yeah. So I won't have everything, but I'm going to have enough and that that's, what's important. I got some friends coming over tomorrow, me and my roommate, and it's going to be nice, man. We're going to have a nice Turkey dinner. I got like a, I don't know. I think I said like a 12 pound bird, maybe. I don't know how big it is. We'll see. Make some gravy, some mashers, some mashed potatoes. I mean, it's going to be good stuff. Stuffing, turkey, green bean casserole, biscuits, jelly cranberry sauce, pumpkin pie. I'm probably gravy. I'm probably, yeah, there's probably more stuff <laughs> for sure. But it's going to be awesome. And I hope everyone who's celebrating Thanksgiving today has an awesome one. I hope you eat a lot of food. Well, it won't Thanksgiving won't be today. It'll be tomorrow at time of release. But anyway, I hope you all have a great holiday. If you have time off work, enjoy it. If not, I feel for you. Yeah, so let's let's hear some more from Jason. As far as running in a shared world, I'd be down with that. You, you know, I would happy do that, and I could, you know, every two weeks, I could run a Middle Earth game, 
you know, you could run your Pathfinder game whenever. You know, we could pre-schedule them. You know, I bet you Carl would be interested in getting in on that. He could run, I don't know, whatever system the week is that he wants to run. Probably some super serious historical game that makes players do a lot of homework. But, uh, but yeah, we, we could definitely do that. Although, he'd have to set his super serious historical gaming um, Glorantha or Glorian or Faerun or, or, or whatever the Pathfinder world is. But, but we could definitely do that, man. Um, uh, sign me up. By the way, cool gift you got your roommate. I always support coffee drinkers. I'll try not to look at you too harshly for not drinking coffee, Joe. As far as your Beyond the Wall campaign, that sounds cool. Very cool idea, tracking a little city and all. You're getting more and more like your buddy Gygax every day. Got that detailed world, tracking through it. Of course, you've been doing detailed worlds for years. But, yeah. Yeah, man, you know, I could, I could well, no. OS, running OD&D for the other game in, in your, your ongoing world with multiple games wouldn't work very well. Because OD&D's world is, is pretty gonzo. But Merp would work or... Yeah, we should definitely do that, dude. That's an awesome idea. I love it. Okay, I'll let you go. Bye. Dude, I totally think that multiple GMs using multiple different systems in a shared world would absolutely work. And it doesn't even have to be Galarian. We can make up our own world if we wanted to. Like my new girlfriend, Beyond the Wall, (laughs) it's got an awesome world creation system. And if we did it, you know all the GMs in the game would get together one time on zoom or whatever. And then we'd go through the process and the way it works is one at a time you pick a direction. So, you know, North Southwest, whatever you pick a range near moderate or far and near is up to 40 miles away from the main village. Moderate is up to 80 miles away and then uh, far is beyond 80 miles. And then you roll a D8 and you get a type of location. And so then you would tell a little story about the location. And then one of the other DMs would make a check for you, a secret check that you didn't know about to know how accurate your information actually is. And that would be fun because then we'd each know some stuff about each other's sections, but not everything and some of the stuff we know wouldn't even be true that 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 could be really fun and then we figure it out we'd all have a map uh, like a main map between all the dungeon masters and then as stuff got explored you could put it on like the main group map we'd each have our own individual map and then there'd be a group map and as we like learn stuff shit would get exposed on like the player map basically that yeah something like that would be fun something like that sounds fun so we'll see if it works again. Yeah. Carl talks a bunch about it too. So it seems like Carl would be down. That sounds like a future plan. That sounds like a plan though, but it sounds like a future plan. Yeah. So what else were you talking about? Coffee? Yeah. Coffee's sweet. I got no beef with coffee. You know, I'm all about legal drugs. I think it's cool. It's weird that it's so addictive and it's legal, but that's cool, man. No beef. Um, and then yeah, my <laughs> my buddy Gygax. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think I'm running my game much like Gygax would. Yeah. You know what's funny though? If you would have come up to me, I don't know, maybe ten years ago, maybe less, and been like, hey, who's Gary Gygax? I'd been like, 
I, he's that dude that used to work for D and D, right? Like I, I'd never up until recently got into who makes these games. Like when I was a kid playing Marvel superheroes, I had no idea that Marvel superheroes was made by the same company that made D and D that would have blown my mind. They were just two completely separate things that just existed in the world <laughs> to my child mind. I never investigated any of that stuff. So yeah, it's just interesting that I, that's probably why I give Gygax such a hard time. Cause he's, you know, to me, he's new. And so it's not like I grew up with him and thinking about how much this dude has done for like things I enjoy that that's never been a part of my life. So now when I like read about him and stuff, I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This dude was cool. He did some awesome stuff, but I don't, you know, okay. <laughs> so yeah, man, it'll be fun to detail out everybody in the beyond the wall campaign, all the NPCs. So I guess I really do need to keep the population low I've been vacillating on how I want to do population, but I'm going to keep it between 50 and 75 people, I think, just so I can keep a list. And then if they die, boom, they're off the board. A couple people have already died in the last, our last session. I think that'll be fun. We'll see if the players have fun with it. If they hate it, you know, we'll abandon it and go somewhere else. But anyway, man, you know, we've, we, you and I, we both brought up Carl, so... Let, let's hear from Carl right now. I'm going to pile on to Jason's idea of a funnel. Yes, you should play a DCC funnel um, and eat your cake while you're playing it. Because Jason put funnel cake as the name of his little blurb. But what's what's really cool, if we play a DCC game like Weird Frontiers, if you die, you can still have one of those characters that you really like come back as a revenant or an undead type of character there's actually not one but two character classes where you can come back as like a like a undead thing which i think is really cool but everyone's afraid to, for me to run my my for a few copters more um funnel again i know the people who played it had a really good time but i think people are just scared um of dcc funnels i don't know why tell me why joe why are people scared Having never played in a DCC funnel, allow me to answer this. <laughs> I don't know if it's scared as much as tired of it. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, the idea of playing a funnel to start off a campaign is interesting. The idea of doing it a bunch of times, I don't know. That it sounds, I don't, I, I don't think I'd like it much more than one time, but I definitely want to do it one time and the fact that weird frontiers lets you play as an undead if all your little minions die during the adventure that's genius because that was a question of mine what happens if you're if you're playing a dcc funnel to start off a campaign what happens if all of your little dudes die during the game because they all have like one hit point or whatever then what do you do do you just build a first level character then to start the campaign and if that's the case, then like, what was the point? So I don't know. I don't know how that works. Uh, I love what Weird Frontiers, which I think is what you said, works though. That's cool that you get a. I would love to play as like a ghost or a revenant or something. That sounds awesome, man. So yeah, 
funnel for sure one of these days. I'm not scared of your funnel, of your a few coppers more funnel. Shit, dude, I'll play some DCC. I really want to play DCC, actually. Um, so, yeah, we should do that sometime. <laughs> one of these days, man. You got more to say, though. Joe, I agree with BJ that the disintegrator was a really good set of episodes from Grizzly Peaks, and I really enjoyed you and the rest of the players there. And now I get to play in my own Andy Goodman production. So I think Jeff is in that one too. Sounds like it. So um, yeah, I thought that was pretty neat what you guys did and how you kind of sort of won. I mean, it seems like two people died ish um so um yeah that's pretty crazy so so what do you think of i do have a question you know we were talking about the insanity and the um both the temporary and indefinite insanity what do you think of the luck mechanic in that game um I, it did seem like tj didn't want to be brought back for example but andy had him come back with the luck mechanic what do you think I don't mind the luck mechanic. Uh, I, I, I'm not a big fan of when a player wants to do something and the GM says, no, you're going to do this other thing. That not a big fan of that. But as far as the luck mechanic goes, I think it's cool. You can use it if you want to. Again, forcing someone to use it. Not all that great, but I got no beef with it. I, I think Paul Cthulhu is a really fun system. I think 7th edition Cthulhu is a really fun system. And truth be told, those are the only two Cthulhus I've ever played. I never played any of the earlier ones. So, yeah, I, I got no beef with the luck. I don't mind meta mechanics that much. They don't, you know, they don't really take me out of the narrative too much, especially in seventh edition because you really need to part of using the luck is explaining what you're doing differently so it's not like it doesn't reset time or anything like that you know you you fail your check by like six or seven you're like okay i'm gonna spend seven luck to pass the check and then you have to explain what you're doing differently so that's cool i don't i don't yeah i think it's great i like I like Call of Cthulhu as a system. Um, so, good for me. <laughs> good for Cthulhu. All right. That's all the calls. So, yeah. Thanks to Jason and Carl. I appreciate it, dudes. That's dope. And let's talk about some other stuff now. Okay. So, I watched it. I've seen the entire first episode of the new Wheel of Time series on Amazon Prime. And yeah, all right. I kind of liked it. <laughs> I, I will definitely watch uh, the second episode. You know, as, as a huge fan of the book series, as someone who grew up with that, like I, I've mentioned before, the first book, Eye of the World, came out when I was 12 years old. Uh, to me, it's amazing seeing this on the screen just the fact that there's finally finally real fantasy <laughs> getting out to the masses i know people will disagree with that but for me this is what fantasy is to me magic badass magic 
monsters, crazy world shattering events going on. And yeah, it, and, and people getting thrown into the mix and those people turning out to be badasses. Like I, yeah, it's, it's not the greatest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Obviously, like it's not my favorite piece of fantasy visual media that's ever been out there. I don't think. And I've only seen the one episode, but it's good, you know, for a TV show. Uh, it's better than that, like sort of Shinara that used to be on back in the two thousands. I think that show sucked. This show is way better. <laughs> yeah. So it was cool. There are some drastic changes from the book in the very first, maybe five seconds of the show. They make a statement that completely changes the whole theme and thesis of the books. So I'm curious to see what they do with that. <laughs> I won't say what it is. But yeah, I, I am I'm looking at it as if it is its own thing, right? Because some of the changes that they've made are pretty drastic, but they're okay so far. And yeah, the acting's fine. The writing's fine. The sets look cool enough. Uh, the monsters look cool. The magic looks pretty neat. You know, I can't really pick up on all the super details or anything. And I get lost when, you know, there's fighting and it's at night and there's fires. I have no real clue what's going on there. But the magic looks cool enough to me. And I will, I'll definitely watch it. And again, I, for me personally, it's important. I feel it's important that I do watch it. And it's important that I watch more than just the first episode because I want Amazon to get those numbers in that. Yeah. Okay. This person watched it. Like the more people that watch it, the more money that will get invested into cool fantasy stuff. Maybe someday we'll see a Malazan book of the fallen show. That would be amazing. That would be my other. (laughs) Get out of town with that. That would be too perfect. So, yeah, I I recommend it. I think Wheel of Time is pretty cool for some, you know, fun fantasy stuff. And there might be a lot of people who watch Wheel of Time and are like, oh, my God, the woke agenda is totally ruining everything. Like, those people are idiots, right? Those people are total idiots because the whole book series, that first one came out in 1990, so was written in, like, 88, 89, Uh, It's all about gender and male and female and everything. So, like, that's not a new addition to the show. That's that's what these books are about. Uh, The way the magic works in the books is um, there. There's two halves to the magic, kind of like the light side of the force and the dark side. But in this, it's the male and the female half and the male half has been tainted so if anyone uses it, if men use magic, they go insane and murder everybody and have to be put down. The female side is it's still pure. It hasn't been tainted by the dark one. So, yeah, that's the whole premise for the world. <laughs> so it's not about this new woke agenda or anything. This is what what it's about. So let's hope we don't hear any idiots talking about the new woke agenda in wheel of time that would make me very upset, but we won't be surprised that there will be people that talk about that anyway. Anyway, enough about that. It's fun. I think it's cool. 
I like the setting. Um, it's beautiful. I have no idea where they filmed it. The people look pretty cool. I like their outfits and stuff. Very, very nice. And so to get myself primed for watching the show, I started reading the book again. I'm on chapter two already. And I, I, it, 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 it takes me back, right? It's been a few years since I've read it the last time. But just starting getting into it again, Robert Jordan, that his world is what my fantasy world is largely inspired by. And it's beautiful. He's very good at describing the scenery, what's around, laying out the geography of the local area of two rivers. And it's just beautiful. Like it's what I, it's what I envision, you know, a two story inn where the bottom story is made out of river rocks and the upper story is like whitewashed wood with, you know, shingled roofs and stuff. That's, that's what I picture. The show is a little grittier than the books, which is fine. Like people in the show get jacked up, like devastated. (laughs) These monsters are no joke. Uh, and it's grittier, like the, the town of Two Rivers is grittier than in the books, and everything is just a little grittier, a little grimier. So if you're into that, there you go. There's that in there for you, too. There's a lot of blood. Um, there's some, some light making out. I think you see a dude's butt, maybe, for half of a second. Uh, no female nudity yet, but you, I do think there is a dude's butt. So if you like that stuff, there it is. Yeah, and it's just, it's cool. It's cool enough. I will definitely, <laughs> I think Amazon released three, the first three episodes, and then they're releasing one episode every Friday thereafter. So I think at time of recording, there's a new episode, episode four will be coming out this Friday. So we'll see if I get caught up. Uh, the first episode was about an hour long, 53 minutes. Yeah, it was. It, they ha- there's a lot of characters to introduce. There's a lot of stuff they have to introduce. And they did an adequate job. I think it's fine. I don't need it to be amazing, you know. Uh, I, I just want it to be adequate. And I hope it gets people pumped to be like, oh, man, maybe I should read these books. <laughs> and then they'll look at the book and be like, oh, man, I'm not reading a 1,200-page book. Okay, I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you. Listen to it. Listen to the audiobook. Kate Redding and David Eddings, I think that's the dude's name. They do they narrate the entire series. They're two like world-renowned narrators. They're amazing. The audiobooks are fantastic. So yeah, it's been a media feel filled couple days. Tell them uh what I'm doing on my little Thanksgiving staycation. Because I have a five-day weekend, which is dope. But now it looks like it's time to bring the trash cans in from the curb. So, yeah, I'll catch you all later. Yeah, so that's it, everybody. That's my, um, you know, day before Thanksgiving episode. I had fun putting this together. I've had fun watching the media that I've watched the past couple, well, today and last night with He-Man and Wheel of Time. Two perfectly suitable, adequate, serviceable pieces of fantasy media. You know, if you just want to sit down and have some fantasy fun, 
check them out. They're 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 great. I mean, <laughs> great in that aspect that if you want some cool fantasy, check out Wheel of Time and He-Man. Uh, yeah. Now I think I'm going to get ready to make make some pumpkin pies. I haven't made pumpkin pie for a long long time, and I'm not doing the crust from scratch. Forget all that. That's dumb. But <laughs> It's not dumb. It's actually just too hard for me. So, yeah, folks, I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Again, if that's what you celebrate, I hope it's great. I hope you eat a lot. Uh, Enjoy your time off. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Stay sexy. And, yeah, be good to one another. Until next time, peace. Out.